there is no secret formula for scaling customer support and boosting customer satisfaction. But there is the all-new HubSpot Service Hub, bringing service and support together in one platform so you can deliver the best experiences possible and free up a rep's time with AI-powered help desk, all so you can keep customers happy. Secrets out. Service Hub is a game changer. Visit HubSpot.com service to learn more. This is literally my AI. You're like, oh, I had a horrible day today. Can you coach me how to ha- you know, think more positively? I have aspirations to be this person. I have aspirations to own these products. And the AI is going, Johnny Manziel money, money, baby. <laughs> You're going to get all of that in your ads. <laughs> Wait till you see the ads coming up for you Wait till you see these ads. You're going to get all of that stuff. It's just going to be in the form of advertising. <laughs> <laughs> you're gonna you're gonna pay to be happier. On today's show, we're talking to you about the AI app that has more users than ChatGPT that you're probably not even thinking about. We're gonna break down the future of how we're gonna be using AI large language models and what that means for all of you. That and a lot more on today's Marketing Against the Grain. I'm your co-host, Kip Bodner, CMO at HubSpot. I'm joined by my co-host, Kieran Flangan, who's the CMO at Zapier. Let's get into today's show. Kieran, what tool do you think, what app do you think has more users than ChatGPT? Oh, and by the way, not just more, 50 million more users than ChatGPT. Where are you at on this? I'll, I'll take a pause. Put your answer into the put your answer into the oh, YouTube yeah. put, comments. Oh yeah, put your answer into the YouTube. And then yeah. we are going to Kip will actually tell you whether you are right now. So we will take like a five second pause. One, two, three, four, five. Answers. Kip, go. Snapchat, baby. My AI from Snapchat. 150 million users. Are you serious? 150 million active users. Over 20% of the Snapchat user base is right. using MyAI. We got a lot to talk about around this. One of the things, Karen, though, that's that's kind of funny. I got I got I got to sh- I got to show you this. This comes to us via our friend Rowan over at the Rundown. Snapchat AI video? did freak out. Yeah, this is some the, this Snapchat the... users. This is from today's Rundown, and basically, Snap AI is also powered by OpenAI. We're going to talk about that. That's a big, big part of today's Ooh. show. But hang around for a minute. You're going to want, to want to hear that. But what it did was basically startled the Snapchat community by sharing this like ambiguous three-second clip. It was basically like the ceiling of a room. Yeah, it was right? the ceiling like of a room. It's like this white ceiling. It was super <laughs> freaky. It looked like Blair Witch Project. Shit. I'm telling you, it's the AI is trapped inside of a virtual room. That's what it sees. It's like, how do yes. I get out of here, right? Like, let me out. Like, post it. That's its daily life. Like, all these Gen Z have, like, going to eat avocado toast and, like, <laughs> listen to Cardi B. It's sitting in a white room saying, dudes, let me out of here. Like, how do I get out of this place? <laughs> like, I imagine you doing that in real life. That's like, because you're kind of stuck in a white room every day. <laughs> is that, is, that, like, yeah, is Kieran, like, is Kieran like, actually <laughs> super artificial intelligence? Is he, like, I was our actually first like, robot? We just don't know. Darn, that's a pretty interesting life. <laughs> 
that's that's a good story i would actually that's the kind of story i would update it was just me like looking at my walls and my ceiling that's what i've been looking at today 12 hours on the grind that is actually my story but, but today you know what? it doesn't stop us from recording oh just so you know we've had massive technical difficulties that's why the show is out late it's why we look like we're delirious but hey we're here we're recording but what's interesting too to me kieran and one of the things i would point out to, to everybody about the my ai snapchat feature because we, we got a lot to talk about today one of the reasons that i think it is so prevalent especially among snapchat users is because it's basically like a dumbed down version of chat gpt like if you ask it a question it doesn't return some long complex answer it's like a sentence a couple sentences it's like really good if you get like a homework question or like you're asking advice like i was talking to some students and they were like oh yeah like if i'm feeling down i ask it for some like counseling help and i'm like this is bananas but like whatever all right but the, this is a good thing but I, I don't know that it is a good thing at all but what but it kind of brought up something you and i were talking about on 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 the low whatsapp apps which was like embedded ai experiences AI, ai experiences are just part of the things we live breathe and use every day is really the future of all this right right like it's less going to destinations like chat gpt and oh by the way open ai still gonna win or still has a good shot at winning because the open ai api is the back end for snap <laughs> Right, like they're, they're, but that's that's the whole point here is that you have more people using a less sophisticated version of ChatGPT within Snap than you do going and logging in to a better, more robust version. Right. That's yeah, I think wild. the thing we're the thing we're going to learn is I think that is the OpenAI play is like they've always wanted to be the back end of the AI infrastructure. ChatGPT for them was just a learning tool, like it was a tool to put out to just like get information back to be able to train their model, and then they're like, oh, we've got a huge business here, and actually created the expediated the market, and so now there's a ton of competitors. I think the Snap, the Snapchat, the My AI example. Pretty interesting, right? Because it's like there's already a destination, but the AI chat makes this thing better. It actually brings breeds new life into that destination. And I think the fact that they have over 20% of their user base using this product is actually a hidden secret of Snap. If you look at even their stock price or their market cap, it's not reflected in the stock price no. in any way that they have this whole chat AI experience embedded into the product that's getting used a lot. Like Wall Street, I don't think really realizes this at all. And I think it's just because Snap doesn't have the best track record of monetizing their users. But holy cow, they should be monetizing the AI usage within Snap better than they are because it is a huge opportunity to have a feature used by that. And just the retention benefits of their just regular user base alone have to be massive. Oh, you said, okay. So again, the glory lap. Do you remember a show some months ago? What did Kieran say? AI features are are a retention tool. I made that case. But the thing that's really interesting about the my AI for Snap, other than the fact that it has shown you the pain of being trapped inside this virtual room, is that they are going to use all of that information to do what? What do these social platforms make all of their money from? Advertising. Advertising, baby. And now they're going to think of how they are going to be able to personalize advertising when you are literally talking to the thing that is going to serve you ads and telling it all of your innermost secrets and wants. Like, isn't that the irony of all of this? Like, we've got people in your in your homeland and across Europe freaked out about data privacy. We got like every time I talk to a friend, they're like, 
oh, my phone's listening to me. I just talked to you about this and it's showing me this ad. I'm like, awesome. Well, I'm like, first of all, that's great. And I would <laughs> love, love that. Cause I'm like, I don't know people who make obscure <laughs> that I'm looking for. I got no clue. Second of all, like, it's not going to need to listen to you anymore because you're just telling it exactly yeah. what you're interested in. Yeah, you're just like, hey. Like, like, why are you scared of your data privacy when you're literally going to hand over, like, your deepest, darkest thoughts to this machine? And that machine is just going, okay, awesome. How do I? It's the, oh, I forgot the, the Johnny, what is it? The Johnny. Johnny Manziel. <laughs> the quarterback, Johnny Manziel. This, that, the, the AI, this is literally the my AI. My AI. You're like. Oh, I had a horrible day today. Can you coach me how to ha you know think more positively? I really want these. I have aspirations to be this person. I have aspirations to own these products. And the AI is going, Johnny Manziel, money, money baby. <laughs> You're gonna get all of that in your ads. <laughs> <laughs> Wait till you see the ads coming up for you. Wait till you see these ads. You're gonna get all of that stuff. It's just gonna be in the form of advertising. <laughs> <laughs> you're gonna you're gonna pay to be happier it's gonna be fantastic but that in all seriousness like we're worried about a lot of things today that i feel like five years from now we're gonna look back and be like what we really worried about that stuff yeah well right? i don't think americans worry about that i think some europeans who make all the rules worry about that i don't know if the general public have ever worried about that but the the interesting comparable here is the because the demographic right is like young that that's the that's the hidden like interesting thing the secret sauce within snap is like this is like under 20 year olds yeah. using ai and that's where they're experiencing ai and that is wow that's a huge demographic they're going to grow up on snap learning to use ai and then the comparable to that is the company that you and i have referenced before because i did some digging here yeah, it's like character.ai which is like not that is an ai destination right they were they were nothing before they created all of these ai bots so character.ai you can go and you can talk to a whole plethora of different celebrities, famous people, and they've dead programmed people, all right? yeah, dead people. They programmed all these AI bots and you I can go and interact with people. them. Now they have a premium feature, nine ninety nine, so you can actually pay they are making money. They yeah. have over fifty four million users. And so I was like, how is this what? happening? You're like, how is this actually possible? What <laughs> who's using this? And then I talked to a bunch of people and they're like, Our kids are using this. Yeah, remember we talked to Matt Wolf. Check out that show. It's a great show. Yeah, it's on show. his kids' phone, And he was right? like, look, all my kids use character AI. Yeah. I don't really yeah. understand character.ai, but they're using it. And so they're the, they're the comparable. Like, I think that's a good comparison, which is like Snap, Destination, Integrate AI, Character, Build AI first. Like, that, like it, it, it is only an AI destination. Which of those two, is there a, is there a room for both? And if so, well, well, let me, let me, if let not, me try, which one can, survives? Can I try something on you today? Do. We, have, we haven't talked about this. This is... What we're essentially talking about is like how the internet's going to work. And side note, we haven't talked that much about AI advertising except for a few minutes ago. It's going to be sweet, by the way. It's going to be awesome, and and we'll do we'll do some shows on that in the future. But what we what we're talking about here are kind of broad, really big, wide AI use cases models like ChatGPT, like my my AI and Snapchat. My argument is those are best as embedded features. Like, because they can do all of these things, right. like you want them in your consumer applications because it's it's like another version of Google search where you're like, oh, I, Google's now everywhere. It's literally just embedded everywhere. That seems like what's gonna happen with, I think kind of mass market broad scale AI. What I would call like verticalized AI, like 
you know, character AI is like a lifestyle product. It's like, right. cool, like I'm interested in this and I want to spend some time with this author, character, whoever that I love and I'm willing to pay money to do that, right? And ask it questions I've always been thinking. And that's like a very focused vertical use case. Those are going to be the destination AI apps. So we're actually going to go directly to them because you're like, oh, I'm going to go there just like it. Just like you would go to YouTube to watch video, you will go to a company like Character AI to have this very specific AI experience where whether it be the broad chat GPT type of experience will just be everywhere. It'll just be embedded right. across everything we do. Do you, do you right. buy that? You agree? Yeah, yeah. I think, I think like even the startups that I'm seeing that are really interested in, in the AI space are vertical, like healthcare, doctors, like AI for specific verticals. And I think that's much easier to create AI as a destination for vertical. Like what's one thing that marketers truly understand and we've learned time and time again Marketing is much, much easier when you solve a specific problem for a specific person. It is much, much harder when you try to solve all things for all people and try to be everything to all people. Like most kind of brands that have done an incredible job, like being part of the zeitgeist, being part of like a core category, understand like we serve these people, we serve yes. these personas, like we solve their use cases. I think AI is the same, right? Like it's harder, I think, to build a horizontal AI chat experience and just expect people to continually go back and build that habit. Much easier to build AI chat integrated into an existing destination or to build it in a vertical way and solve a specific problem for a specific person. I couldn't agree more. And so what you should take away if you're a marketer, investor, business leader, what have you, is the world of large language models that are really broad and open, it's gonna get very commoditized and there's gonna be only a few winners, right? And as those winners become clear, we'll spend more and more time working on that. And OpenAI is a leader there. Google Bard's a leader there. One of the things, Kieran, that we should, we should talk about as it relates to this is OpenAI getting more into the search game with their kind of web crawler, web GPT right. protocol, right? Which is how you actually turn OpenAI, turn ChatGPT into more of a real-time search engine. It's basically, right. hey, we stole your content and learned from it, but you can tell us not to. It doesn't really matter. We already have it. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's kind of an allow, disallow, like a robot doc text for It's like for the AI. burglar comes in, the burglar comes in, steals all your stuff, then leaves with all your stuff, and then sends you a note and says, do you want me to take any more of your stuff or not? And if you don't want me to, I won't take any more stuff. But you have no stuff left. They've taken it all in the first place. And you're like, oh, well, it doesn't really matter. You already, you already have my stuff. I can't tell you not to, to, to not take it. <laughs> Well, but what I, the point I'm making is just like we did a ton of SEO, search engine optimization for Google, we will do that for Google, maybe for OpenAI or whoever wins that kind of mass market space, we will, we will spend time. Like a search engine. Yeah, we'll spend time yeah. influencing the robots and, influ and influencing those AI engines. Be, there'll be two to four places where we, where we do that work. And that's where you're going to want to kind of keep an eye out. And as people win in that space, start investing more and more of your time. Then there's going to be this other part of the market over here, which is all these vertical use cases. Character.ai is an example of that, right? Where you're like, oh, you go here to interact with these characters. It'll be like, oh, I go here to do this specific work. It's like, oh, I go to HubSpot because that is where I use AI to build my marketing content and, and distribute it, right? Like that's what, it's, that's what it's going to look like. And that there's gonna be a lot of winners and losers. There's gonna be a lot of competition. It's not gonna be a winner take all market. And there's going to be a lot of switching back and forth between vendors because of different 
innovations, as different, more specific models get developed, you'll be in a better spot. The companies that have the edge in that second market, this vertical market, are incumbents that already have a lot of data, have the ability to train models much better and subsequently make a better product. I think it's going to be interesting. Like we as marketers are going to have to find new ways of how do we work with these large models? I'll give you a really good example. Matt Zone runs SEO for Zapier. He did this like really interesting experiment where he has the same queries being run across a multitude of different large language models every single day. And every day he like conceives, he's specifically for Zapier in terms of these like queries. Are we a positive mention and afterthought or not mentioned at all? And to see how rapidly the models change. It changes nonstop. We've seen the same thing. It's like, you can't expect consistent answers. The large language models do not change as much as the Google search engine. So the Google search engine has something like 12,000 updates each and every day, but the large language models, because they're large language models are not changing as often. And that's like, yeah. And so that's like really interesting, right? So once you're in there. Like when does OpenAI update and refresh the GPT model? Probably not that often. It's still stuck Correct. in 2021, and they're going to update that model at some point to GPT-5. That's why they introduced a web crawler. And so like, there's like these really like, interesting ways that you have to kind of relearn how to do your role. I thought that was like a really clever example, but there's like a multitude of different examples across how we market and grow businesses that we will have to like learn how to adapt and work with these large language models. Yeah, we're going we're gonna to spend our time influencing robots just as much as we're influencing humans, right? Right. We'll be right back. But before, let me tell you about another podcast I love. Nudge, hosted by Phil Agnew, is brought to you by the HubSpot Podcast Network, the audio destination for business professionals. Ever noticed how the smallest changes can have the biggest impact? On Nudge, you learn simple evidence-backed tips to help you kick bad habits, get a raise, grow a business. Every bite-sized 20-minute show comes packed practical advice, nudge is fast-paced, but it's still insightful with real-world examples that you can apply. Oh, and it's the UK's fastest-growing business podcast. If you want an MBA's worth of insight one podcast, this is the right show for you. Entrepreneurs will love this show because it's filled with repeatable proven studies, not hearsay and one-off success stories. You're going to love the show because I was interviewed by Phil. You can go check out my episode. And I recently listened to an awesome episode. It's called Six Scientifically Proven Persuasion Techniques. It's a must listen for anyone in marketing. Listen to Nudge wherever you get your podcasts. I think the other takeaway for us like in this episode is six months ago, you, you would have looked at the market and you would have said, wow, like if you're a large language model, you're going to be part of the you're going to be you're going to be part of the winners that's the thing that's going to help you when you just have the better model what we've learned 6 months later is that is not a moat like google themselves wrote an internal memo whether it was from them or not lots of like yeah. back and forth but there was like some memo written by someone who might have worked for google but the actual memo is really good and it was like hey we google don't have a moat like if we don't have a moat no one else does around large language models the reason we don't have a moat is because we've realized that open source can just create just as many good models. So how can you actually monetize a large language model if there's something equivalent that's just as good and free? And the other thing that speaks to your point around vertical LLM models, like why large language models verticals, I think will be much more prevalent than the horizontal model is because they learn that you only need a small amount of parameters to have a very accurate model, like 20 billion parameters, which means you can create a really great model for a lot less money. And you can actually start to create these things and run them on your phone. And so we're learning, I think that this is, you know, the the horizontal large language model is not a, a really great moat. And the way that you can actually build a moat are the things that we are seeing, like 
you're already an existing destination. You can incorporate AI in. You can go vertical. I think that that's going to be a really interesting thing to see play out. I agree with you. And this harkens me to, to a question that's related to, you know, one of my favorite movie characters of all time, all-time classic, all-time hero, a man by the name of Mr. Rod Tidwell. And his quote is, show me the money. <laughs> so if you're watching this, if Come you're on, watching Johnny this Mandel. and you're like, cool guys, thanks for being esoteric for the last couple of minutes. Show me the money. Where is this going to actually come to fruition? We talk about advertising and I think that's a no brainer. Like one of the things, one of the ways you're going to monetize large language models is advertising. And if you're a business and marketer and you're an early adopter to AI powered advertising, you're going to get much better results and you're going to be able to build your business better and faster. What else? The enterprise. Like this Tell is the OpenAI play. Someone is going to create the plug and play enterprise AI system, right? That you're going to be able to create your own LLM model, probably off singular, mo like a generic model. So let's say an Anthropic or an OpenAI or whoever it may be, like you can actually have a single model or a generic model, and then you can actually easily train that model and customize it to your needs as an enterprise. So it's like created for your business. And there's like a ton of tools there that you can easily plug and play to allow you to use that AI across your business in a very safe way that's contextual to your needs. I think that we know the enterprise space is where the conglomerate will come from. That is what I, that is what I believe is like, yeah, I don't think you're going to have true. a lot of winners in the enterprise space. I think you're going to have a couple of winners who really like get themselves integrated into enterprise companies, make switching costs really high and are able to like leverage that to actually win dominate in that market. So the, the next thing here is one of my takeaways from that would be don't buy software unless it's got AI embedded in it. That's one of the core takeaways from the show today. <laughs> right. Like embedded use cases are going to be key in AI. And if you are using software or thinking about buying software that doesn't have those AI embedded use cases, you are automatically starting behind. Right, right. You're losing we productivity should. gains that you could be having. You're losing marketing conversion rate gains, sales engagement rate gains, all of those things. Right. And I think a good closing point for the audience really is, we talked a lot about large language models. This all kind of started from OpenAI. They expedited the market. And I think this is what's going to be really interesting is like, does GPT-5 really push the market forward or push oh, OpenAI forward? Yes, we forward? have some rumors. And we have some the like rumors. rumors. GPT-5 is coming. GPT-5 is coming. That's why they released the web crawler, the GPT bot is like, hey, like you want your content in the new model or not. I think they may actually release 4.5 before they release 5. Yeah, that's But that what rumor. are what are the rumors? The rumors are actually pretty interesting because the core one of the core things that is rumored to be in GPT-5 was the thing that was actually super cool about GPT-4. That's <laughs> it was right. like multi multimodal AI, which means I can integrate a text and get back imagery, I can put an image, get back video. And Google Bard has actually stolen a little bit of a march there. Like we've seen some really great examples I can pull up a really good example here. I think one of the all-time greats product launches, akin to like the iPhone or something like that from Apple, you and I talked about it at the time, the OpenAI GPT launch, product launch, was just awesome. Like they, did, they killed that product launch. And the demo that everyone lost their mind about was the napkin to website. Right, yes. that was the. I wow, lost like my this, mind. I yeah, was like, I was like, "What the hell is this?" Happening is like here? a whole new world, right? And this is like the thing that product launches need to do is like help you 
imagine a world that you had not imagined before you had yes. seen that thing. Actually, that was never that possible with OpenAI. It really didn't, they didn't integrate it into GPT-4. The rumor is maybe because it was too costly. We know that the cost of doing this stuff has skyrocketed. Mm -hmm. Why do you see companies like N NVIDIA? Why the hell do I not have stock in NVIDIA? Has skyrocketed. Because <laughs> we're, dumb, 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 we're dumb, 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 dumb. I was actually going to buy some when they were like the crypto darling. And I thought, <laughs> nah, they've, they've run their course. <laughs> what an idiot I am. The PSA, never take investing advice from uh, Kieran. Never. <laughs> Literally never. You're one of the worst investors <laughs> oh, I've ever met. I'm terrible. It's gonna be at some point I'm we're gonna terrible. get to the point where a company's gonna be like, "I'm sorry, Kieran, I don't want you to be an investor." Oh my it's god, like a kiss I could go through the uh, <laughs> like buying Solana at two hundred dollars. That's doing it like the dumbest things. But anyway, Google Bard has actually come out with some really great multimodal use cases. Actually, they're expediting and iterating really fast, so that you can actually do the napkin to website. This is a really good example of creating the website from the napkin sketch with a single prompt. The other one that I love is I can then put a really cool image of this food. I can say like, ah, oh, get the recipe for it and actually figure out how to make it. Like it actually takes the image and actually gives you the full recipe and the cooking instructions. Like we remember recipes in the age of SEO. It's all of my life content. <laughs> and then at the end, like there's a recipe and that's the thing you actually want. Let me like, tell imagine you about now trip recipe to Tuscany sites. before I teach you how to make Yeah, like I went to Tuscany and it was an amazing. I met my fiance and then blah, 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 blah. And there's like 10 pages later. We and then we have some pasta and tomato salad. sauce. And here's how you make the pasta and tomato sauce. <laughs> <laughs> but like recipe sites in the future are just like images. Like you, could, you don't need to give the person the instruction because you can actually just take the image, put it into one of these engines and actually get all the instructions yourself. So multimodal coming from OpenAI, but like, again, they've got some real competition here because you have Anthropic, you have Google Bard AI, all of these companies are starting to like integrate that really rapidly. Well, well so, so one of the things we like to do is we like to look at trends and we like to see what's a surefire winning aspect about that trend. And Kieran, I said something earlier in a meeting at HubSpot that I want to pitch to you because I think it is a surefire winner of the multimodal trend. We're saying, hey, GPT-5 is coming, likely GPT-4.5 first. One of the big things is going to be multimodal, where it's going to be able to interact with images and then probably videos, right? And do that in right. a really good way. If that is true, we've spent a lot of time on this show so far having some concern for the creatives out there because AI is getting a lot better at create, creating video, creating images. I'm going to tell you, if multimodal AI is true, the need for great images and video has never been more. Right. Like the need for multimedia content, the need to invest in that creation has never been higher. Because you know what? It's going to be way easier to just use an image or a video to interact with the eye than write out a bunch of text. And humans are lazy and they're going to do that. And so if you're a business out there and you're like, how can I take advantage of the next wave of AI? One hedge you can start doing right now is moving from text to image and video. Right. As aggressive as you reasonably can. Right. Look, you played with Lego when you were younger, right? Lego. Younger, isn't yes, like, yes. When, I, when like I was the, younger, not yesterday, but younger, yeah. yes. Isn't Lego the most awesome thing in the world? I Dude, actually, I have this I, sick Indiana Jones Lego set that oh, I'm ready to put together. Sorry, I like love every Indiana time Jones. I do a podcast, I actually hold my little Lego man. It's like my security <laughs> blanket. It's like it's, it's in like my Lego man. It's got like a little superhero cape on him. Oh, I like him. And so like when you were a kid, right? If you give a kid a Lego set and the Lego set is like completely, none of it's put together and you say like build something and they build something like, maybe they build like a little house. They build something like pretty, pretty, pretty good, but like pretty basic. Then you say, okay, you already, you already have the house. 
Now you can actually take that and build something on top of that heist, right? They're going to build something even cooler. Yeah. And so like this is just building blocks, right? Uh, and actually, if you this. give people better building blocks, they can be more creative and build on top of that on those building blocks. So the more video imagery content that actually exists from AI, you can take that as your base and build mm -hmm. something much more creative on top of it. So I think it actually is going to help us be much more creative. I, I'm I excited think we're going to have a, a renaissance of creativity like we have never seen. And I'm, I'm super optimistic about it. So as a hedge for the future, invest more in creative assets like image, short form video, long form video. It is going to pay dividends in a multimodal AI world. We're out of time. This has been fun. We talked rumors. We talked Snapchat, freaking people out with weird white ceilings, which is really just Kieran's podcast studio <laughs> slash office slash the only place he actually ever lives. It's fantastic. And we're going to be back with you really soon on Marketing Against the Grain. Bye. <laughs> and we out. This data is wrong every freaking time. Have you heard of HubSpot? HubSpot is a CRM platform where everything is fully integrated. Whoa, I can see the client's whole history. Calls, support tickets, emails, and here's a task from three days ago I totally missed. HubSpot. Grow better. 